When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It was another exciting weekend of boxing. We're going to talk about it here on Deep Waters. You had Anthony Joshua with a one-punch knockout and the great fight between Navarrete and Valdez. We're going to break it down here on Deep Waters. I'm George Jakovic with the champions, Long Island's Chris Algieri and Brooklyn's, I almost said Brooklyn, Brooklyn's, I got to get that right for Pauly, Brooklyn's Pauly Malinaji. Pauly, let's start with Joshua and Hellenius, seventh round knockout for Anthony Joshua. Uh, what did you see in that fight? Um, you know what? First, uh, you get, Joshua gets credit. It's a last minute replacement. It's some adjustments had to be made. There's a taller opponent, and you were training for a shorter opponent, so you have to make those adjustments. He gets them out of there at the end of the day. So, uh, you know, he does his job, job done, and you can look to the future, which is obviously where uh, everybody's talking about this uh, Saudi money and, 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 and Joshua and, 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 and fighting Deontay Wilder. Great. Lovely. Now, to actually break down the performance, I still found the tentative Anthony Joshua. I still find the guy who, who is not the same guy. And this is the reason I people are going to take this as criticism, maybe even hating, but I have a basis to base it on. I've seen Anthony Joshua at his best. You know what I'm saying? So when I'm comparing to the Anthony Joshua that I know, that I've seen at his best, this is nothing comparable anymore. You know what I mean? This is a guy who's kind of got pieces of him falling off little by little. Ma- the Mainly the confidence of that explosive first step to close the gap and just take a guy out when he is better than him. Hellenius is a solid guy. He's durable. But Joshua w- w- was always a guy who was eventually going to take out Hellenius. In this fight, let alone a few years ago, when Joshua was at his peak and at his peak confidence. And the difference I see here is the hesitancy to close the gap in those last six to eight inches. He's trying to figure out figure out uh, cute ways to do it as opposed to just being deceptive and exploding, take a guy out and that's it. Now he's trying to box a little bit. They, you know, that's what they're calling it, box. And obviously I'm not criticizing any boxing because obviously I was boxing most of my whole career. That was how I made my bread and butter. But I know the way Joshua is at his best. And this is just, to me, what looks to me to be like a tentative Joshua. A guy like this, it was sort of A, B, and C. It wasn't really that that dynamic it wasn't really that um critical thinking in terms of in there it was just a jab up a jab down and looking for a big right hand took him seven rounds to figure it out because he was throwing the right hand from too far away earlier in the rounds earlier in the fight and that is because he's still hesitating to close the gap yeah champ i i i I agree on on a lot of that um you know i will say that call me crazy but i think you know helenius as a last minute replacement is a pretty tough guy to you know to take in i mean he, he is um, he doesn't beat the world-class guys, but he's been to that level, um, you know, and it was a dangerous fight for a number of reasons, not just because he's, you know, dangerous, like as if he was going to win, but it's dangerous in terms of the, the public perception because Wilder starched him in 60 seconds. So there's always going to be that comparison now. So Wilder starches Hellenius, but they were also sparring partners. So Wilder could have skipped a few steps, skipped a few rounds to get to that right hand. 
now you're gonna have Joshua fight him, and if you do anything less than what Wilder did, everyone's gonna be like, ah, well, Wilder's better than Joshua, or Wilder's gonna do that. That's a, it's a tough comparison, so it makes the fight a little bit tough. So, listen, the end result, yeah, we get a beautiful right hand knockout, down goes Selenius, walk off KO. Cool. So, you know, if you, if you clip it out, it's like, yeah, we're one for one. The difference was that, as you said, it took seven rounds for Joshua to figure figure that out. And honestly, I think um, a, a younger, fresher Joshua, the guy that you're talking about, probably would have done it in two or three because there were opportunities for him to land that exact combination. He was doing a very good job of jabbing high, jabbing low, which is exactly how you fight a taller man. And when you got a taller man like Hellenius, whose only defense to right hands is to pull straight back with your hands down, throw the punch to where he's going. He does it every single time. He pulls straight back with his hands down, pulls out to his right, just anticipate where he's going, throw that punch off of that fake jab low, overhand right, which is what finally got him in the seventh round. But why did it take seven rounds? Because now people are talking about Joshua, who had a bloody nose. He had some swelling under his eyes. You know, you didn't need to take that punishment when that that shot that you landed, you probably could have done a much much sooner. As if you like what you were saying, champ. If he wasn't as hesitant, so I think it's good. Joshua got a fight under his belt before he goes into a mega fight where we're talking about looking at Wilder or a guy like Tyson Fury um, gets another camp under his belt with Derek James. Um, like I said, I mean, he he did box well at times. I like the ideas. Uh, is he just a little bit rusty and needs more time? Uh, or is this the new Joshua? And I don't know if this new Joshua can beat the, the likes of a Wilder or a Tyson Fury. Well, Paulie. Yeah, but, it, it, yeah, but, but here's what I'm going to say. You, the, you, need, you say you need time with Derrick James, but I don't see physically anything changing. I, I, I need men, the men, men, mentally things changing. You know, I don't. I, Joshua physically is a specimen. He, we know he knows what to do. We, we know he knows how to do it. It's just a matter of his mindset is hesitating now. So how do you eliminate that mindset of hesitancy? I don't know that you need to train him, whether more so than you need a psychologist. And at this point, we also all go through this at a certain point where we just don't have that confidence anymore at a certain age to to close that gap, to take those chances, to be that, to have that ferocity. Either we've made too much money, we've been knocked out, we've taken losses, we just don't have the same love for it anymore. I don't know what it is. But again, I can only compare this to the Anthony Joshua I, I knew and loved earlier in his career. Why well, would get me excited because he was just explosive. He would close that gap. He would take guys like this out, and he would do it in style. You know, he, thinking your way through a fight, don't get me wrong. It's impressive. I, I, there's things you can do. But when you're it's – too, it's too elementary. It's too basic. You're now going almost going backwards because this is not going to work if you let a guy like Wilder hang around while you're doing basic stuff. He's going to out-basic you. He's going to figure out his distance and range on his big shots a lot sooner than you will, and he'll take you out. So you've got to, you've got to figure out distance and basics against guys like Hellenius much quicker, and you've got to have the confidence to close the show much quicker. The, the, the IQ, okay, of course, is there. I mentioned in the um, – in, the, in one of our other news feeds, how Joshua set up that knockout earlier in the seventh round at about the 2.30, 2.20 mark of, of in, uh, not into the round, but 30, 30, 40 seconds into the seventh round, he's throwing that same combination, that jab low, right hand high. He throws it at center ring. Hellenius steps back. He observes Hellenius stepping back square. He observes Hellenius stepping back with his hands down. And he observes Hellenius not being able to slip that, but falling for it and going, trying to go, go back on the shot. So now he's saying, okay, he's going to react this way. When he traps him on the ropes, he throws the same exact combination. Hellenius has nowhere to go stepping back. He doesn't think to close, put up his gloves. He doesn't think to slip. He's got nowhere to step back. So the right hand lands and takes him out. Good. You're thinking your way through it. But do you have the confidence to close the gap when you need to? That opening was there much, much sooner. And he took him that many rounds. And in the process, like Chris said, 
He's taking jabs to the face. He's getting his eye busted up a little bit. He's blood bleeding from his mouth. You know, you're just putting yourself in situations that you don't need to. And guys like Wilder, who are you looking to fight next? They're going to take advantage of that much sooner, and they hit much harder than Robert Hellenius. Well, Chris, let me let me um, piggyback on what Paulie's saying because you're talking about his mentality and his confidence. Chris, uh, he, he, he did look tentative through the first six rounds, but this one-punch knockout, which he didn't get in his last fight, is this going to help him mentally? Do you think this is go going to improve that confidence and we're not going to see that hesitancy against Wilder or, or whoever else he fights next? You know, I can never jump into a man's mind and, and say what's going to happen or, to, or predict the future. And, you know, I, I was listen, I'm I, like you, Paulie, I was a huge I am a huge fan of Anthony Joshua. I like when he is uh, when he is doing well, the boxing world's doing well because you got a heavyweight champion that looks and, 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 and acts the part, you know, his scoring knockouts is vicious. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm always hoping that that guy's coming back and we're going to see that same guy again. Is that really realistic, or am I just being hopeful? I don't know. So, and 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 only time will tell, and only Anthony Joshua has the answer to that. Whether he can he can get that back and go back into that mindset of being that guy and kind of, you know, as have a have a short memory about what things have happened in the past and just keep moving forward. Um, and that's what I meant by you know another camp, just more time to figure this out and to get that confidence back, like you're talking about, George. Um, is it going to happen? I don't know. I, I hope it does because, like I said, I I I like Anthony Joshua. I like when he's doing well. But it's, again, I seeing him with a guy like a, a Wilder, who's got so much more explosive than a guy like Hellenius, who's similar in height, but he's got lights out power and he can he can damage you at any time. He can end a fight at any time. So. Yeah, it's, I don't know, man. I, I'm, I want to see the best fights possible. That's just you know, as, as a boxing fan. But, you know, in terms of can he can he get that back, I, we'll never know. Only only Anthony Joshua knows that. Only AJ can make that decision. Only he can, can move on from there. Well, Chris, you want to see the best fights possible. Guess who has the best fights possible? Pro Box TV does. That's who. Wednesday night fight series. And the next one is on August 23rd. Good fighters. Great fights, and sometimes you get great fighters and great fights, but you're always guaranteed a good fight. Uh, guys, this Ruiz Garcia main event, probably it looks like another good one. Yeah, you know, we've, we've been uh, hitting the jackpot with our main events and our cards, man. We've, we've, we've been delivering. Uh, all you fans at home who have been watching Pro Box can attest this as well. And uh, we've got another barn burner coming up, man. I mean, we, got, we bring you hungry guys. We bring you guys who are both have the records to have some pride behind their work so they're going to fight with that pride and that and that machismo and then of course we put together the the styles well we don't want runners like uh, gary jonas the president of pro box wants he wants guys who are going to engage so but hungry guys they're going to engage we've been hitting the jackpot every single time with our main events and like i said to the viewers at home you guys if you've been keeping up with pro box tv wednesday night fights you know exactly what i'm talking about yeah, we've been we've been on a great run recently with some fantastic fights. It makes Paulie and I's job very easy to call these guys. We've got entertaining fighters. Uh, we've got fighters with character. We've got fighters with with that are that are they're, they're characters. They really are are fun to talk to and hang out with, and 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 they fight to the bitter end. So uh, yeah, definitely don't want to tune in. Don't want to miss this. We uh, we've had some really great matchups lately, and uh, we we have, we have fun calling them. Yeah, great matchups, great commentators, and I keep, you know, sometimes I, I omit him, but but Goldie, you you two and Mike Goldberg, you guys are a great trio calling fights. So uh, really quick, our, our last little topic on this fight, Chris, it looks like uh, indeed we're going to see Wilder and Joshua face off next. 
we're going to break this down later, so stay tuned whenever they fight. But uh, coming off the Joshua fight, what are you thinking about a Joshua Wilder future fight? You know, I, I, I spoke to technically about what Joshua was able to do with a taller man. He had the right idea, the jab high, the jab low, the changing levels, the, you know, look down, throw up, um, you know, punch up, you know, get your man on the ropes, get him when he's pulling back. You know, a lot of things Joshua did in there are exactly what you're supposed to do with a taller man. But I don't think his entrance... Again, this is probably related to uh, the commitment and the hesitancy that, that Paulie was talking about. Um, he's getting hit with jabs on the way inside. And that's one thing that Wilder does pretty well. He can back out and stick that jab in your face, and he's got like a battering ram jab. It's just long and has you run into it. So, you know, if Joshua can feint his way in and do something similar to, you know, feint that first move out of an explosive guy like Joshua and then work his way in behind the jab, put him in a position where, like, exactly like Paulie said when he was against the ropes, he's got nowhere to go and, and put those big shots on him. That's really the, the the path to victory for for Joshua against Wilder. Can he do that? That's really the question. Can can he enact those skills and be able to not be that have that hesitation that he's shown in the last few fights and execute? Because with with Wilder, if you hesitate, you're going to wake up in the locker room. He's that kind of puncher. He is that dangerous. And one thing that Wilder does not do, he does not hesitate. He does not question his power. He does not question his resolve. He'll go out on his shield. Very, very dangerous guy. Probably the most dangerous guy. And actually, definitely the most dangerous guy in the world. Because time is not your friend against against uh, Deontay Wilder. Because if there's one second left on that clock, you can get iced. Because he's that kind of puncher. So, yeah, it's it's an interesting fight that we're going to break down as we get closer to it. Um, if it does actually happen, well, we'll see. Unfortunately, the thing that the hesitancy creates is the inability to gauge a distance. You wind up at that middle distance where you're in no man's land. You know, you're not close enough to do your damage and you're not far enough to be safe. And when you hesitate, you wind up in, you tend to wind up in that middle range where you're getting hit. And that's why also AJ was getting hit with those jabs and, and, and little shots from Hellenius that did cause some bruising. And champ, but just to piggyback off what you're saying, I mean, that's the middle range. That no man's land is not where you want to wind up with Wilder because he does not hesitate. Uh, on my on my uh, Poly TV page, I, I got a little bit of criticism for calling the headline, does Joshua deserve Wilder? Maybe deserve isn't the right word. The problem is this. I don't want to see Joshua get iced like like Robert Hellenius got iced, like Sergey Glykovich got iced. I just don't want to see that. You know, he's been a big name in boxing. He's been a guy who's done a lot for our sport. And he's been a guy who I think has been a great ambassador for the sport of boxing. And I just don't want to see him go out like that. And that's why I don't like this fight. And based on the things I'm seeing, that's what I feel like is going to happen. That's fair. This is what you get at Pro Box. You get real talk from these two. We got another fight to break down. We had a great fight in Navarrete and Valdez. We're going to talk about that next. But there is a lot going on here at Pro Box. Like, subscribe, comment. Here's a little taste of what's coming in the future. ProBox TV is your boxing channel. There's nothing else like this in boxing. We are a 24-7 boxing streaming network dedicated only to the sweet science. We provide boxing fans daily news, delivered in print and in a never-before-seen video format from our state-of-the-art studios in Florida. Along with daily talk shows every weekday, we also produce our own fights with our Wednesday Night Fight Series, where we invite the best fighters who didn't make the cut for Showtime, ESPN, or DAZN and want to prove they belong in the big ring. But there's a catch. They have to fight each other. No easy wins. That's right. 
50-50 matchups. As we like to say, good fighters in great fights. Three events per month, 40 per year. Now we aren't a promoter. We don't promote boxers. We don't compete with the championship networks. We cover and promote them all. We believe boxing should act as one and avoid being fragmented. We represent the fans and what they want. We promote boxing. We are your boxing channel. We are ProBox TV. So there you go, Pro Box TV, a lot going on. And there was a lot going on Saturday. You had the fight from the UK, the Joshua knockout earlier in the day. And then, Chris, that night, you had just a great matchup between Emmanuel Navarrete and Oscar Valdez. Maybe it didn't live up to a Morales Barrera fight, but what fights can? Chris, tell me about that fight. I mean, first of all, Saturday was a great day. I, I love when we have these early afternoon fights, and then we love have them. the and a fight later on in the evening. Um, I wasn't working this weekend, so I was able to watch both fights. So uh, I'm I'm a very happy boxing camper this weekend. But uh, yeah, no, the the Valdez Navarrete fight or Navarrete Valdez fight. I, yeah, I was really looking forward to this matchup for a very long time. Um, you know, w there was talks of it being fight of the year. You know, potentially great Mexican epic. Um, maybe it turns into a rematch or a trilogy. It just did not turn into one of those fights. It was a little too one-sided to be an all-time great. It, not that it was completely one-sided, but it was, you know, it was fairly. Uh, not that they won fairly uh, clearly, very clearly. And um, yeah, it was just. It was. He was just too much. He was just too much for for Valdez. Uh, you know, the storyline of this fight for me was commitment. Uh, Navarrete was completely committed to what the game plan was. He was committed to throwing bombs and, and, and defending shots, you know, and, and if he got hit, he got hit, but he was going to do what he was going to do. And Valdez seemed like he was getting kind of caught in between. I saw a little bit of, of uh, you know, we, we spoke about hesitancy with, with, with Joshua. We, I saw a little bit of him waiting for times, so, you know, hands up and then just throwing his left hook, which, you know, I, it seemed like that was the game plan, land the left hook. And when he couldn't land it cleanly, or if he did and it didn't really hurt Navarrete or didn't stop his 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 incoming, it didn't really seem like there was a plan B. And uh, yeah, Valdez is you know he's been in a lot of wars. He's, he's had a long career in terms of amateurs and pros, and I think that showed a little bit. You know, we spoke on air, Paulie and I, uh, about who was the fresher man, and you know, even though Navarrete fights the way that he fights, which is an all-action guy, he's the fresher man. You know, and and he was going in, and and that showed. Um, so I think I think the mileage is really wearing on on Valdez, and uh, he just didn't have the same commitment to go to into a war with a guy like Navarrete. You know, I, I saw at some point in the second round, he got hit with some combination, and just the look on his face is like, oh, man, this is gonna be a long night. And uh, that was that was not a good sign, especially for a Mexican warrior to show it on his face that way. But all in, it was it was a good fight. It was entertaining. I enjoyed watching it, but um, I expected it to be uh, more competitive than it was. Yeah, Vaquero Navarrete to me was uh, very, very impressive. Uh, you know, I I thought he would be the fresher guy going in, and I really felt that would be the difference in the fight. Uh, he, he's a little bit more lanky, a little bit more rangy. I like the way that the uppercut is always there for him. He figures out ways to create it. And I felt like Valdez is a, is a sitting duck for an uppercut because he's kind of always low and he's a shorter guy. So I felt like that would be a big a big punch in the fight, and, and it would really help Navarrete. But you're right, champ. I mean, I, I also saw a Valdez who wasn't really looking to create the engagement. He was looking for just a big left hook when it would present itself, when it was in range. He wasn't looking to 
figure out ways how to close the range or be deceptive in how to close the range. He kind of let Navarrete control the range. And, and that was a big story and a big factor in the story is that Navarrete is a taller guy, so he's going to be at a, at a certain range using his jab and then using the, his, his tricky, the tricky ways he turns the left hand from a jab into an uppercut and then follows it with a right hand, these long, big shots. And then he'd be able to get out or he'd follow up the combination more. Sometimes he would send uh, uh, Valdez reeling backwards, uh, you know, or going straight back defensively out of position. And then he'd be able to capitalize on, on the fact that Valdez will put himself out of position from the initial shots that Navarrete was creating. And that's the thing. Navarrete was creating. Valdez was not. You just, you, thank you. But Navarrete was creating. Valdez was not. And ultimately, I, I just think, it, the edge also shows in the hunger of a fighter. The, the factor is that, you know, Navarrete wants to be there. Valdez, like you said, he makes that face in the second round. It's almost like he didn't want to be there anymore. It's almost like, man, it's like, well, you know, what am I doing here? Uh, how can I handle this level anymore? And he was just looking for the big left hook to bail him out like he did in the Burchell fight. That's what he's looking for. And it's not going to do it for you each and every time. You're kind of old man in it. And that's the problem. When you try to old man it against a young, enthusiastic guy like Navarrete, a world champion like Navarrete, it makes life difficult. Well, Paulie, on Big Fight Preview, you you broke it down. You guys both broke it down, and you picked Navarrete, and he did what you said. Chris, you picked Valdez. Why was he so ineffective in this fight? Because as a fan, it just looked like he was winging the left hook, hoping that it would do some damage and, and bail him out. But why was he so ineffective in the fight? Well, you know, I think I think myself and and Paulie both, uh, you know, alluded to it. He, he just didn't really. It didn't seem like he really had a game plan. You know, it was like, all right, land left hook, left hand, the left the left hook is going to do it. And just like Paulie said, he didn't set it up. He wasn't creative in the way that he was kind of create the angles. And listen, maybe that was because Navarrete put so much pressure on and he was longer than he expected. Because that's one thing about Navarrete. He is long. He is a long, tall guy for the weight class. And he's so busy that he doesn't give you a lot of time to think or react. So I think a lot of it was, you know, Valdez just, you know, uh, being a step behind. And it just looked like that all night long. He just, he was, you, you know, champ, you said Navarrete was creating. Valdez was reacting. You know, one man's creating, the other guy's just reacting. He was always in second gear. He was always trying to respond to, to what Navarrete was doing. And you can't do that in these kinds of fights. You have to lead. And Navarrete was the leader all night long. He came out fast. He came out fast. He had a good first round, you know, a good second round as well. I mean, Valdez did well in the middle rounds. But, you know, with these kind of fights, you got to get started early. And it just seemed like Navarrete was one of, he just, he got ahead and just stayed ahead all night long. And you got Valdez who was trying to react on, on and he was just a little too slow. And you know, I asked Paulie off air. I'm like, did 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 Valdez old man it? Because that's a, that's a, that's become a famous term that Paulie's been been using lately. And he said, yeah, he he old manned it. So yeah, I was wrong. You know, he he was he I I would liked him in because of his boxing, but he didn't he didn't really use it. Oh, I'll, shout out, I'll, I'll, I'll shout out Dave Caldwell, uh, the trainer from the UK. Uh, he's the one who told me that term, old man in it. Shout out to Dave. <laughs> great term, great term. Well, it was a it was a great fight. You know, Navarrete is big. He. He was very big for 130. Maybe he can move up to 135, but he's definitely got some exciting fights at 130. And you know who else has exciting fights? Pro Box TV does. That's who. Wednesday night fight series. You got Paulie. You got Chris. You got Goldie on the Spanish side. You got Juan Manuel Marquez calling these fights. And you got a good one. Ruiz Garcia. Wednesday, August 23rd. Wednesday is your fight night on Pro Box TV. I can't give you any more reasons why you should subscribe, like this channel. This is your boxing channel. I mean, this is what we give you. Guys, I want to thank you. It's always great talking boxing with the champs, Chris and Pauly. This is Deep Waters, and this is Pro Box TV, your boxing channel.